When you uh, have a six-year-old son, it gives you an excuse to love superheroes all over again. And no one can make fun of you because you just blame it on him. I'm only watching this because, you know, my son's watching it, even though he's been playing Legos in his room for the past 15 minutes. So I'm really into superheroes. I always have been. I blame it on my son now. And so my job, I, uh, I work as a longshoreman, which means I'm, I just drive heavy machinery all day. It's quite boring. And because it's boring, I listen to a lot of podcasts. So one of the podcasts I listen to, or I used to listen to, the season's over now, is a podcast about Wolverine. They took a story of Wolverine and, and remade it into a podcast. Now, the story of Wolverine, or Logan is his name, in this story, Logan is escaping from an agency called Weapon X. Weapon X essentially wants to use the powers that Wolverine has to exterminate all the other mutants. And so Wolverine is escaping from Weapon X. Obviously, along the way, there's fights, and he's fighting with these uh, hired assassins, people that are trying to capture him. Uh, and along his journey, he's trying to make his way to this place called Greenhaven. Now, Greenhaven is supposed to be the safe place uh, for mutants. Along the way, he meets this uh, young man named Marcus. Marcus is also trying to find his way to Greenhaven. Marcus is not a mutant, but his mother is. His mother has disappeared, and so Marcus assumes that his mother must be in Greenhaven, safe with other mutants. So Logan, or Wolverine, and Marcus traveling, fighting assassins, etc. And Marcus has this, this idea or this preoccupancy with food. Every couple episodes, he wants to stop and eat. He wants to talk about food and how, his, how good his mother cooked. And Logan obviously gets tired of it. But it's interesting, out of all this danger around Wolverine and Marcus, he wants to talk about food. In our Old Testament reading, Exodus chapter 13, we have the people of Israel who have just escaped slavery in Egypt. They are not yet, they haven't yet crossed the Red Sea, so they still have the enemy behind them. They have the promised land that God has offered and guaranteed to them ahead of them, the Red Sea they have to cross, and we all know the story that they will spend 40 years in the wilderness. And yet in chapter 13 of Exodus, the Lord, through Moses, wants to stop and have a conversation about food. He wants to talk about the Passover celebration, and particularly in the text that we'll be looking at, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This feast, I think, answers a couple questions that we may have. The, the general command that God gives through this feast is he wants the people of God to remember. The questions are, what are they to remember why this command to remember, and then how are they to remember? What are they to remember? Why this command to remember? And then how are they to remember? 
The what question is actually fairly simple. Moses tells the people of Israel quite briefly and strongly, they are called to remember the salvation of the Lord. Moses says, it's with a strong hand the Lord brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. The people of God are called to remember God's great salvation. The what is easy, but then there's the question, why? Why does God give this command to God's people that they are called to remember? I think God gives the command that they are to remember because the people of God, including all of us in this room now, easily forget the salvation of our God. Forgetfulness, particularly when you're looking through Scripture, forgetfulness is more than just a a slip of the mind. It's not just forgetting the facts of God's salvation. No, when we are forgetful as God's people, as the people of Israel are forgetful of God's salvation, it's not a slip of the mind, it's really a disregard. Disregard for who God is and disregard for the salvation that he has brought to them. It's the type of forgetting you have when you're a child. Father, I have an older brother, and my father would tell us, go take the garbage out. When I get back home from work, the garbage better be out. Now, to set the scene, my father's nickname while he served in the military was the bear. That is not a man you want to forget to take the garbage out to and wait for him to come home and see that. But the reality is, me and my older brother, it wasn't that we just simply forgot to take the garbage out or forgot to cut the grass or forgot to do X, Y, Z chore that he gave us. It wasn't that we were forgetful. We were young. We didn't forget that much. It was that we disregarded what our father had told us. We thought we had better things to do than to cut the grass and take out the garbage, as our father had said. That's the forgetfulness that the people of Israel will deal with. That's the forgetfulness that we all deal with. It's not just we, you, know, you have a slip of the mind. When we forget God's salvation, it's because we disregard salvation that God has given us. Why this command to remember? It's because the people of God are forgetful people. It's not only that they will forget or that we will forget God's great salvation, also forget our identity of who we are. People of Israel will forget who they are. One commentator writes, he says, the feast that God had given the people of Israel, this feast of unleavened bread, is so the Israelites would remember who they are or even better yet, whose they are. We are called to remember, not only because we forget God's salvation, but we need to remember who we belong to. In our day and age, now everybody might not deal with this, but some of us do. We all want to create our own identity. We can use things like social media to create our own identity, even if. Maybe a gray haired saint and you don't use social media. You might have a facade that you put on in front of other people. That's really not you. 
you want people to think something other about you than what you really are because you want to create your own identity. God calls us to our true identity. That we are sons and daughters of God. Our identity is not in what we try to make up of ourselves or what we want people to perceive us as. Our ultimate identity is that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. I became Presbyterian much later in life. But I love this phrase that you'll hear around Presbyterian and Reformed circles. Remember your baptism. Whenever somebody tells you, remember your baptism, what they're telling us is remember who you belong to. Let us not put on fake masks, fake identities. And even when we come to church, we celebrate feasts. We're doing it to remember whose we are. What are we to remember? The salvation of the Lord. Why the command? Because we are a forgetful people. The third question is, how are we to remember? The Lord, through Moses, gives the people of Israel a ritual. Something they are called to do over and over and over again. May seem boring after a while, but this is what God calls his people to do. He calls them to the ritual, the feast of unleavened bread. You read the, as we read the text, you notice five times this, this phrase, no leaven. No leaven. Verse 7 even says, no leaven shall be seen with you. No leaven shall be seen within all your territory. Whenever scripture repeats itself, it It wants you to listen up and perk your ears to hear what God is saying. God is telling people of Israel there better not be any leaven around. If I go back to my parents, because we all have stories about our parents, our parents would say things like this. "Uh, You're in trouble. Don't touch no video games. Matter of fact, don't think about video games. It's the idea that God is giving to the people of Israel that. There ought to be no leaven nearby. Don't touch leaven. Don't get near leaven. During this feast, maybe God, we would say, don't even think about leaven. We all know what leaven is. Leaven is that aspect of the bread or the loaf that makes it rise like yeast. The people of Israel didn't have time. As they were escaping Egypt, they did not have time to sit and wait. For dough to rise to make bread. So when God is calling the people of Israel, there should be no leaven there. God is calling them to remember how I quickly saved you from the people of Egypt. When you eat this bread that is flat and has not risen, you are to remember you didn't have time to play around in the old life. You didn't have time to play around in your slavery. I had to quickly redeem you and you had to quickly make bread. We didn't have time for the leaven to rise. And that's what they were called to remember each time with this ritual. They were called to remember the salvation of the Lord. How God had brought them out with a swift hand. 
We read earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 about the Apostle Paul connects leaven to sinfulness and evil and malice and the old way of life. Paul, I think, is moving this text forward and saying to us as a church, we are no longer to remember our old way of life. We are called to leave leaven behind. We are called to leave the evil and malice that was in our heart behind. The sin that so easily entangled us, we are called to leave it behind. Rituals that we do Sunday after Sunday, that is what, is, what God is calling us to do. How does God call them remember? He calls them remember with a ritual. The Feast of Unleavened Bread. The ritual was also a generational ritual. Verse 8, Moses tells the people of Israel, tell this story to your children. It's not about just eating the food or feasting ourselves. The ritual is meant to be passed down to your children. Children need repetition. They need to be told over and over again. And it's not just the things they're not supposed to do. Don't touch this. Don't touch that. They need the ritual of the church. You catechize your children. You know you read the same question over and over again. It gets we can all be honest if you're a parent. It gets boring after a while. We read the first five questions. My kids are small, so we're not far on the catechism. But we're reading the same five, ten, fifteen questions. It might be boring for me, but the reality is my kids need the ritual. They need to hear the catechism over and over and over again. Moses tells the people of Israel, you are called to pass on the story of salvation To your children. It's interesting that eventually there are going to be people in Israel who were not actually there from the at the redemption from Egypt. There'll be those they will continue this meal, they'll continue this feast, but there will be those who weren't actually there to see the salvation from Israel from Egypt, but they will still be called to pass on this feast and the story of salvation to the next generation. Uh, Douglas Stewart, a commentator, he writes, in each generation, the fathers are meant to speak in the first person to their children as if they were personally there at the Exodus. The fathers were meant to have the story of salvation so embedded In themselves that they talked about salvation as if they were there in Egypt. This reminds me of a song my grandmother used to sing in church. And she would sing it as if she was there. She would stand up in church and sing at the cross. At the cross. Where I first saw the light. And the burdens of my heart rolled away. 
It was there by faith that I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. My grandmother wasn't physically there at the cross. She old, but she ain't that old. But she sang the song. She had the gospel of Jesus so embedded in her life. That she sang the song as if she was there at the cross itself. Moses tells the people of Israel, pass this story on, pass this gospel on to your children. They were meant to pass it on as if they were there in Egypt. We are called to have the gospel so embedded, the story of salvation so embedded in our lives that we talk about it. Not as a pastor, but something that God did for us. How does God call them to remember? He calls them to remember with a ritual that is generational. Lastly, how does God call them to remember? He calls them to remember with a ritual that is public. Moses said the memorial was to be on their foreheads and on their hands. This was a priestly idea. The ritual is meant to be public, not only to the people of Israel, but to be a sight to the surrounding nations and peoples. The ritual is public, but it's not just about the outward appearance so that the law of God may be in their mouth. Remember when Jesus says it's from the heart that the mouth speaks the heart is changed, the outward appearance of your life changes. Douglas Stewart, again, the commentary, he says, what is the point of this public display of this feast? He said, what is the point? It's not a desire merely that an important memory be preserved, but a desire that a life-saving covenant be kept. The ritual that God gives us It's a ritual of food. The ritual that God gives us is one that is to be generational. The ritual that God gives us is one that is meant to be public. The nations may see the salvation of our Lord. God calls us to remember. God called the people of Israel to remember. But this remembering led to more than just What laid behind them? One of my favorite hymns is Great is Thy Faithfulness. One part of the hymn says, It gives strength for today, bright hopes for tomorrow. The people of Israel would need this feast because they needed strength for today. Remember, the Israelites will journey and In the wilderness for 40 years, that means 40 years of being lost, 40 years of wandering, 40 years of fighting. My family on my mother's side, every month we would hold what we call the family gathering. We would all gather at my grandparents' house. We would have a big meal. The way that meal got started, the way that gathering got started, because a couple of my uncles had Unfortunately, dealt with substance abuse. The same time, three of them decided that they no longer wanted to do drugs. 
So my mother and her sister, it was nine of them, my mother and her sister put together this gathering. She says, we're going to celebrate the fact that you guys are no longer substance abusers. It wasn't just about celebrating the past that they are no longer dealing with drugs. Every month we met at my grandparents' house, it was strength that they would continue on. It would be reminded, I can't go back. They finally got to see their nephews and their nieces every month. Some of them got to see their kids again. The monthly reminder gave them strength for the moment in front of them. The people of Israel needed this reminder over and over again because it gave them strength for today. Gave them strength not only to fight against their enemies, but it gave them strength to fight not to be like their enemies. The Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter 29, when it talks about the Lord's Supper, says the supper is for the perpetual remembrance of the sacrifice of himself in his death, the sealing of all benefits thereof unto true believers, for their spiritual nourishment. And their growth in him. When we take the Lord's Supper, when we have our rituals, it strengthens us for the day in front of us. It gives us strength not only to fight against the sin that comes against us, but it gives us strength not to be like the enemies around us. Him said it gives us strength for today, but it also gives us Bright hopes for tomorrow. Blessings all mine. Moses tells the people of Israel, you'll do this feast over and over and over again. But you'll have this feast because you're looking forward to a day. You'll be in a land flowing with milk and honey. Moses told them to look forward to a day when God's. Abundance of goodness will be lavished on them in the land that God had given them. Our rituals do the same. They not only give us strength for today, they not only remind us of God's salvation, but it helps us to point forward to a day when God will give us this new creation, the new heavens and earth. A land flowing with milk and honey. We'll sit at the table with Jesus and look at him face to face. This feast gives us strength for today, but gives us bright hopes for tomorrow. Every Sunday we come here or whatever church we're a part of, we come each Sunday. Sometimes... It may seem lackluster because it may be a similar liturgy every Sunday. Take the Lord's Supper. Hear the word preached. We sing songs together. Over and over again, we pause to remember the great salvation of our Lord. 
You know, and just like the people of Israel, you think about whether it's Logan and Marcus or the people of Israel as they are going to wander in the wilderness, escaping Egypt behind them, enemies in front of them. And it seems strange that God would stop and talk about food and rituals. I'll say it for everybody. Sometimes Sunday seems strange. You're all busy with kids, work, grandchildren, health problems, family problems, relationship issues. There are Sundays. We we can all keep it real. Sundays when we come here, we go, you know, I probably can find better things to do. I got a lot of stuff on my plate and coming here is taking a couple hours out of my day. And yet God calls us in the midst of the craziness of our life to pause for this time. Say, I know life may be crazy. Life may be a wreck at times. But you need this more than you need to fix that. Reality is sometimes when we come here to remember this, God winds up fixing that anyway. God calls us and we will spend the next year in 2020 doing the same thing Sunday after Sunday, pausing to remember the salvation of our Lord. May we remember well. May we now ask the Lord to help us to remember well. Lord, we are bound to forget. And yet you call us to remember. We ask for your help. Power of your Holy Spirit the sake of Jesus Christ, that we remember your salvation for strength today, looking ahead for the bright hopes for tomorrow. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.